On the show today, I'm joined by not one, but two very special guests. First up, Power Rangers star Walter Jones. And then I chat with voice actress Anjali Bamani. They're both here thanks to Supernova. All that and more on today's show. Don't go anywhere. Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of Benjamin Man McKay's Talk To Me. I'm so excited today to be joined by two of my fellow guests who will be appearing at Melbourne and Gold Coast Supernova in April. You can get tickets to Supernova by going to supernova.com.au. That link is in the show notes. I can't wait to get out there. Neither can these guys. Walter Jones is best known for being one of the original Power Rangers in the, the hit series that, uh, that changed television. I talked to him first, and then Anjali Bamani started on Broadway. She's now doing voiceovers uh, and uh, voices for video games like Overwatch and Fallout 4. She's been on Modern Family. She's in a brand new show with the Scrubs star Zach Braff called Alex Inc. And she's also doing a new web series, uh, which is based on a live action uh, role play game. So there's so much to talk about there. But first up, here's my chat with Walter Jones. Enjoy. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for joining me today. Hey, glad to be here, man. This is exciting. Now, Walter, what inspired you to become an actor? Uh, you know what? I, I, there's a number of things. Um, one, my dad was a minister when I was a kid. So I, I saw him uh, in front of the pulpit, you know, speaking to the people and singing songs. And, and he, was, he was such a great speaker and so exuberant in the way that he expressed himself. Uh, I'm sure that was a, a big motivation for me to to want to feel like I could be in front of people and I could speak to people and, and, uh, and, and excite them in ways using speech. Um, I'm sure that was a big part of it. Other than that, there was Michael Jackson and, you know, like church plays and so forth and so on. So I, I guess, you know, from a, from a youngster, I got bit by the bug of, of wanting to be in front of people. So uh, that's where I got it. I guess that's where it started. And then from that starting point, what steps did you take to make your dream a reality? Well, um, as I continued to grow up, I, I did, you know, I, I got involved in, in the drama club and I did speech and I did plays in the neighborhood, you know, neighborhood theaters and so forth and so on. And, um, and I was fortunate enough to have a, a drama teacher that involved me in a... Um, uh, a program uh, that allowed me to audition for a number of colleges. So I went, it was a Thespian Society. Um, and so I went to this college, Ball State University, for a weekend. And uh, it was, you know, a weekend where we, we studied theater with other actors and so forth and so on. While we were there, I auditioned for 20 different colleges. And so uh, come to find out, a couple months later, I got three scholarships to three different colleges. So... I picked the one furthest away from home so I could leave home and, and find my independence as an independent male. And, uh, you know, once I got there and I was, I realized how much, because it was only a partial scholarship that I had. It was in California, 3,000 miles away from home. Uh, I realized, man, I'm going to owe a whole lot of money when I get out of here. I really better take this seriously. So I, uh, I dug in and, and put my, my back and my heart into it and, and learned as much as I could about acting and dancing and singing and, and figured, you know, this was this was going to have to be the way that I make my living. So uh, it was it was it wasn't necessarily a dream that was realized necessarily. Like 
I didn't set out my in my mind thinking I'm gonna be an actor on TV. I thought I could do that. I, I looked at TV and went, I could do that, but it wasn't a fantasy necessarily until after I got to college and I realized I really got to take this seriously because I have to be a professional, you know. Mm-hmm. And do you think it's then important for young performers to train at some formal institution like a college? I think you definitely need training. Everybody needs. I mean, there, there are people with natural talent, but even natural talent has to be enhanced and and defined and refined. So, uh, you know, there are people that are are characters that are naturally funny, that are amazing singers, that have a great sense of movement. But with all these art forms, there's also technique, and you need technique in order to compete in this highly competitive industry. So you get out of college. How long does it take before you book yeah. your first professional job? Well, it depends on what you mean by professional. I, um, before I got out of college, I was working at uh, SeaWorld in a, a show called City Street. So I was being paid uh, weekly to perform. Uh, you know, Every week I was performing maybe uh, two or three days a week. Uh, at SeaWorld in a show that was a variety show. It was like dancing, singing, acting. I played a character named K.O. Uh, and I ran and I did flips over people. We danced, we sang, you know, we did like barbershop quartet, like all these different things. So I was already utilizing my skill set and, and being paid to do that um, while I was still in college, uh, as well as doing other jobs like singing telegrams and, and so forth and so on. But it wasn't until maybe six or seven years later, uh, well, let's see, 89, maybe three or four years later, I'll say three or four years later that I actually got my first television job, and that was Power Rangers. But before that, I worked on cruise ships as an assistant cruise director and, and entertainment staff doing shows, I think from 50 shows to 40 shows, Broadway shows, and and variety shows on the, on the cruise ships for all the passengers uh, weekly. Um, so I did that for three years. So I, I was, you know, it, it was uh, it was a realm of theater, but it was on cruise ships. Well, you so I, I've been working. Yeah, you definitely kept busy. Absolutely, and and I was utilizing my craft. I was I was enhancing what I already knew. I was like, you know, I was using my skills as a dancer, as a singer, and as an actor. And uh, and then finally, I, I realized. You know what? I before I commit my life to this because I I really enjoyed it. I should um I should definitely give Hollywood a chance. So I need to get off the ship and go see what I can do. I gave myself a goal of three years to see what I could accomplish in that time. And um, and fortunate for me, uh, it it worked out, and I, I booked Power Rangers, and Power Rangers blew up to be the uh, the phenomenon that it currently is. Well, yeah, Power Rangers shot you to almost instant fame. Now, looking back on the series, how do you reflect on your time on the show? It's it's always a it's always a positive reflection. It was it was a lot of fun working on this show. It was um, kind of a fantasy to to become a superhero. You know, to be a superhero uh, in a of any kind. But for a kids show and to be a role model, to be some somebody that people aspire to be and looked up to. It was uh, a huge responsibility and also um, just amazing fun to, to know that I had the skill set to be able to do these things that other people weren't able to do and, 
and uh and to to have it um to have it seen on television by the world was pretty cool. The show was in forty countries, so I can't uh, can't complain about that. Certainly not. And Power Rangers preempted the superhero phase, I suppose, that has now really taken over uh, film and television. So being at the forefront of that, how long do you think the superhero infatuation is going to last? You know, I don't know. I mean, like it's it just continues to grow. I mean, we we started as far as I know, I was the first. African American superhero in a live action television show. So that was 25 years ago, and now you know since then there have been a number of other superheroes of, of all races. And um, I think it's it's something in 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 everybody's mind to to want to be a hero of some sort. And I, who's more of a hero than a superhero? Absolutely. Now you were also the first original Power Ranger to return to the show in a voice role after leaving the show what made you go back well it, it's um it's it's slightly complicated in the sense that um uh, it's a non-union show the show is a non-union show it's a non-union show we worked on it um which i didn't think was necessarily fair and is the reason i left the show um because before the, while we were doing the show, we were offered a movie with Fox, and uh, the movie itself was, you know, they made a billion dollars in the first year of the series, um, and we had already done two, two, two series, two, uh, two 40, 40 blocks of shows, so I've done 85 episodes, and then they were giving us a contract for the movie, and the movie was also non-union. It seemed really incredibly unfair to me, because... We definitely had proven ourselves, and we're already in 40 countries and so forth and so on. So I left the show because it was non-union, and the movie was non-union. So uh, after the fact, I joined the union, and I was working as a union actor, as a you know professional screen actor, skilled actor. And, um, and because of that, I have not been able to go back on camera because it's a non-union show. So um, it was given me, the opportunity was given to me uh, to come back to the show as a voice actor. And I thought, well, you know, it's, it's, this is like kind of my alma mater and, and something that I helped create. And I definitely wanted to continue to be part of it. And I, in fact, I would love even today to go back and reprise my role, but, um, it continues to be a non-union show, but I was able to do voiceover. So I thought, you know, I'll take this opportunity to do that, this opportunity to, to do a, a voice role on the show, which, you know, you won't see my face, but I, I'll still be there, and, and part of it still giving my energy to it. Mm. And do you think that one day maybe the show will become a union show, and you'll be able to go back and, and reprise the the character? I, I don't. I don't really have a lot of faith that the show itself will become union, but because it's now in New Zealand, they're shooting in New Zealand. But <clears throat> I believe that they there will be. More, more opportunities in movies that they can do movies and and those will be union like the the most recent movie they did where they reprised the role of uh, they did a reboot of the original uh, unfortunately they didn't invite us all to be in that and I think that's a big loss on their part because I think the fans would have loved to see us all come back and and be part of it in some way whether it was just a cameo or or some other kind of role but who knows what they'll do in the future hopefully. Uh, that'll be remedied because we all still look pretty good and we all have uh, still have our skill set. So uh, maybe there's possibilities. Well, fingers crossed. And, of course, you mentioned the fans. 
fans really love Power Rangers. Is that one of the reasons you do conventions like the upcoming Supernova events? Oh, absolutely. I, I, I love that one of the most amazing things is to, to meet people that, that have, have um, held you in high regard and have been fans for a long time and never thought they'd ever meet you. Never even fantasized that it could actually happen. And then to go there and be in their country and, and, and meet them and, and have that moment where they're like, oh my God, I, I can't believe I'm really, you're really here. It's like somebody I've admired for so long, since I was a child. My children, I watch the show and I watch it with them and I still get this happy feeling because of how amazing it was to me. The fact that I can go and, and meet those fans that I never thought I'd meet and they probably never thought they'd meet me is, is incredible. It certainly sounds like it. And for fans who want to see you here in Australia, you're here at the end of April in, uh, in Melbourne and the Gold Coast. And what's exciting for listeners of this show is that uh, not only will you be a guest at these events, but I'm also doing my first lot of Australian conventions. So I'm very excited that you and I are going to be at the same events. Got to love that, man. Hey, we got to gotta get together and go out a beer. That sounds like a plan. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, yeah. You've also, you're also on social media. Where can your fans and listeners of the show uh, find you online? Oh, yeah. I would love the fans to come and check me out. I'm on uh, social media. You can find me on Instagram at Walter E. Jones. Same thing for Twitter, all one word, Walter E. Jones. Instagram and Twitter, uh, Walter E. Jones on Facebook. And, uh, yeah, yeah, catch me there, and you can kind of keep up with all the happenings in my life and, you know, the things that I do, as well as Snapchat. I'm on Snapchat as well. You can find me there at Walt EJ. Well, I'm going to go over right now and follow you on Twitter and Facebook. It's been a pleasure talking to you today, Walter. Awesome. I cannot wait to see you at some pleasure later in the month, or later next month, rather. We'll see you soon. That was my chat with Walter Jones. You can follow him on social media. Links are in the show notes of the podcast. Now... Here's my chat with Anjali Bahami. Enjoy. Welcome to the show, and thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you. I'm so excited. I'm so excited to get out there. Even just talking to you makes me feel like I'm a little bit closer, so thank you for that. Well, the accent probably helps with that just a little bit. I don't know. My, one of my best friends in the whole wide world is from Sydney, so I hear that accent all the time, and it doesn't make me feel closer to Sydney. It makes me feel closer to him. But you are just drawing me in. I can feel it. We're getting closer by the minute. Oh, it's only five weeks now, so uh, yeah, time to start packing. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> there's a few places to go before that. So, <laughs> Well, uh, what inspired you to pursue a career in the performing arts? Oh, wow. That's a, that is a big question. I don't, I don't really know that it was any one thing. I had a love of acting and performing and singing. I mean, I, look, I, I wrote my first, wrote and acted in my first little mini play when I was like in first grade. So it was obviously in my blood. But, um, but I think that is encouraged in the school system of all kids to, to be into you know, theater and doing little reports and stuff. Um, I just didn't realize until probably junior high or high school that you can do it for a living. <laughs> so that's right about when I realized, oh, well, I love this thing. I love doing it. I love doing it more than I love doing anything else, and I'm relatively good at it. So let's give this a try and see what happens. 
And um, now when I say let's give this a try and see what happens, there was definitely not that level of casualness to it when I was doing it. I was a very um, <laughs> obsessive student. So um, I put all my focus towards it. But there was no, I can't say that there was any one inspiration. I, I, looking back now, I think, um, you know, I love making people laugh, but I also just love helping people feel things in a safe way. If that makes sense, like, you know, if, if I'm experiencing the drama on stage, then you don't have to. If you're crying in the audience, you still get to go home to your life at the end and nothing bad has happened to you. But I just went through it for you. And I also have been a particularly, you know, emotional person for much of my life. So that's one way to use that access um, a little bit more effectively rather than just looking like a crazy person in the world. Um, I, I, you know, I joke that it's me using my creativity for the powers of good instead of the powers of evil. Because this way it becomes, a, it becomes a useful skill to be able to feel things and to dissect emotions and to dissect humanity and try to, you know, get into people's heads. So I think um, both the science and the art of performing have been intriguing to me my whole life. I don't know that I had the words to say that back then, but um, looking back now, I can definitely say that that's the truth. Absolutely. And from, from that moment in you know, junior high or senior high when you worked out this could be a career, what did you start doing? So was mm -hmm. it drama classes, singing classes? Did you look at universities? Well, I had, been, I had been taking acting class since junior high, since it was you know, uh, offered in school. And then I also did whatever I could outside of school. I started taking singing lessons in high school, took some dance classes in high school. I did theater outside of school and inside of school in addition to my normal course load. I did community theater. And then when I graduated, I went to Northwestern University in um, Edmonton, Illinois, in Chicago. I went there and got a degree in theater with a minor in music theater. Because, um, you know, that's a brilliant fallback. Um, so, yeah. So I, I, I really threw it all in. You know, I was not, I was single-mindedly focused. I knew that's what I wanted to do. So I wanted to make sure that I focused on that and didn't distract myself with anything else. I got a liberal arts degree so that I would have, you know, a, a full education. But um, that was really my version of being extra serious about it as opposed to like, oh, I'm just trying this on the side while I'm doing other things. For me, um, that, was, that was very important that I treat it just like with the same seriousness you would treat a, a medical career or a legal career or anything else. Treat, treat your studies that way. Um, so that, that was, um, I came from a family of very educated people and people who valued education a lot. So that was kind of the only thing I knew was like, when you want to do something, you learn how to do it really well. And then you do it and then you keep learning and you keep studying and you do it better and you never stop learning and you never stop, um, hungering for knowledge. So that for me, I think was probably the biggest way that I prepared for things. So would you say that you're still learning things now working with all the different people? Oh God. Yes. Absolutely. 100%. I feel like, in fact, I feel like, I probably learned more as an actor, not as a performer, but as an actor. I have probably learned more in like the last five years than I learned my entire life. There was a lot of techniques that I learned and, 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 and history and literature and, you know, Shakespeare and Chekhov and all that. But I learned a lot of that in school. But the practical application of what you learn in your life the practical application of that to acting on stage, to acting 
on television to voice acting to commercials. The practical application of that is a is a different thing. And I think um, I've I've definitely learned a lot. I've, I've learned exponentially more in these last five years um, than I think I had uh, uh, before that. And that's partly as I work it out in my head while I'm in the middle of an interview. I think that's partly because of just becoming more comfortable, more and more comfortable in my own skin as I as I grow older. Um, and if there's like one thing I could impart to young me, and yet I don't know that she would get it, I would say be be yourself. Everything that is weird about you is awesome. Everything that is you is awesome and and worthwhile and usable on stage. So don't worry about getting it right. Getting it, get it you. That's what matters. Um, it's taken a long time to get to that place in my uh, in my head and my heart as an actor, and I'm, I'm now I'm having more fun doing it than I've ever had to. And do you think that that fun and that love will ever dissipate? Do you think that's going to go away one day? Oh, God, I hope not. I mean, look, we, we ultimately, as actors, we do what everyone does as children. You know, when you're, when you're a three-year-old girl, you're playing Pretty Princess, or you're playing, or you're playing engineer, whatever you're playing, you're doing that when you're, when you're playing around the house. When, when, you're, when you're a young boy, you're, you know, you're playing, when we're play acting, we're playing house, we're playing this, we're playing that we all have this sense of imagination that's built into our bodies and built into our souls. I honestly think it's only the, the, the structures of society and certain educational systems that kind of make us steer away from that creative part of us. And um, a lot of the job of an actor is to cultivate it again. So my job is to cultivate enthusiasm. The only way I think it will go away is if I don't continue to cultivate it. Um, and, and I don't really foresee that happening because then I would like cease to exist. I've been doing, I've been, you know, I've been playing around and cultivating enthusiasm or trying to for my entire life. You know, even when I was at the downest moments, the the moments when I didn't enjoy acting, um, it was definitely because I wasn't cultivating my enthusiasm for life in general. So that's really the only way I can foresee that changing. There's always something new to do. There's always new technology. There are always new ways to perform. You know, 20 years ago, games weren't even, certainly not games like you see today, weren't even something that I thought of as like, oh, this is a new way for me to be a storyteller. Um, and, and as technology changes and, and as different things come out in the world, I think the opportunities will only be greater to be storytellers. Absolutely. And, I mean, you were speaking of games. Now we're at a stage where you're doing a, a live-action role-playing game for television. I mean, how does that yes. eventuate? Yes, it's so cool. It's actually not for television. It's it's um it's on, but it is like television. It's on a streaming um a streaming network called Project Alpha, which is uh, an arm of the Geek and Sundry uh, folks who do a lot of gaming content. Um, and it's called We're Alive Frontier, and it's based on the Outbreak Undead gameplay system, um, and the We're Alive podcast about uh, an infection that takes over the world and living in this kind of post-apocalyptic situation. And um, the folks at Geek and Sundry asked me to come do this. And, you know, I haven't played a role-playing game like that since I played Dungeons & Dragons when I was a kid. I started playing D&D when I was eight, and I probably stopped around college. So it's so exciting to finally come back to that and be able to uh, uh, reignite that love for the game at the same time as you... Um, acting and improvisation and all of those skills in the game. Because ultimately, 
role-playing games and really good gameplay systems like Dungeons and Dragons, obviously, because that was you know, like the original um, or felt like the original. There's such great educational systems that I feel like every kid should have a chance to play them. And, um, and now as an adult, I get to do it, which is amazing. And it's an opportunity for people to put themselves in the story. It's an opportunity to make it part entertainment, part sports. You know, um, it's a really interesting hybrid. I had a great time doing it. Ivan Van Norman uh, is the uh, GM and also the sort of the guy spearheading the whole series. And he was fantastic. And it's a great cast of players and uh, just loads and loads of fun. I hope I hope everyone can tune in. Um, ProjectAlpha.com, guys. And use the code FRONTIER and you'll get a big old discount for 60 days. Um, so it's great. It's really, really, really fun. And by a big old discount, I mean free. So that's even better. Yeah, I like free. It's my favorite price. Free is great. We love free. Um, but it's, yeah, it certainly sounds great. <laughs> but what I want to understand is how, how you went from Bombay Dreams on, on Broadway to here. I mean, what, what's, what's that transition? It's not a transition. It's just moving forward in life and saying yes. You know, I mean, everything in life is a transition. If you really think about it, going to sleep at night and waking up in the morning is a transition. So, for me, it was just, I wanted to be prepared. And this is again, part of my studies. I wanted to be prepared to say yes to anything someone offered me to do that was acting. Whether it was singing, dancing, opera, television, commercials, video games, puppeteering. I don't care what it was. I wanted to be able to say yes, even if it scared me. And so also, and just on a purely practical level, that gives you more opportunities to work. You know, if I, if I was limiting myself, um, I probably wouldn't have had the chance to work. I probably wouldn't have been able to make a living so easily uh, uh, in the beginning. So um, it wasn't so much like, oh, I'm doing Broadway and now I'm going to do TV and now I'm going to do gaming. It's, okay, now what's next? That's, that, I'll finish that, now what? And, um, and the cool thing about that mindset, too, is that on any given day, I might be doing four or five different things that have nothing to do with each other. I might be going in for a, a voice recording session and then go to a table read for a TV show and then uh, come home and record uh, an episode of my web series and then do an audition for a musical. Like I had a day last week that was like that and I came home and I thought, God, how lucky am I? How lucky am I? It's like playing, it's like getting to be, play four sports in one day and then come home and be like, yay, now I get a massage. It's just a great, great, great feeling. Um, so I, yeah, I can't even really describe the transition from Broadway to TV to all of these things because it's never felt like a, um, necessarily an intentional transition so much as, oh cool, now I get to do this and maybe I'll go back to doing that. I always try to keep things, um, varied. I try to do at least one play or musical a year. Um, I do a lot more television now uh, than I used to do. You know, I used to do more theater. Now I do a lot more television. Um, voice acting is so wonderful in the sense that you can kind of do it from anywhere. Um, and, 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 and that enables me to have that in my life now. Um, I sing whenever I'm given the chance. Last year at Supernova, I got to sit in with Kirby Crackle and sing with them. So... Um, so, yeah, it's just an ever-evolving thing. And uh, speaking of, of TV, you're in a new show with Zach Braff uh, from Scrubs. Yes! Yes, I am. Zach Braff from Scrubs is now Zach Braff from Alex, Inc. 
Um, it's, it's called Alex Inc., as in Incorporated, not the Inc. we write with. Um, and it is airing on ABC here uh, on March 28th. And it's Zach and Tia Sarkar, which a lot of the gaming universe or, or um, animation universe will also know from Star Wars Rebels. And she was in... Uh, uh, she was in the internship and she's been on the good place and she's a, she's a friend of mine from a movie we did. So it's, it's just been a wonderful, um, wonderful chance to work with people that I know and love. And, uh, it's a great story. Uh, it's a family show. Uh, it's a comedy, but it also has a lot of heart and it's about a man who decides to change his life to follow his heart and, and, uh, quits his job to create this particular startup that, that matters more to him and then watch what happens over the course of the series. Um, so yeah, I'm really excited about that. Uh, you'll see me in the third episode and then maybe, maybe, you know, I can't tell you really the rest because I don't want to spell anything for you. Um, yeah, so that's coming up and I'm, I, I, I'm super excited too, cause I'm going to be traveling until the 28th and, uh, then I get to come home for that and then I get to come out and see you guys exactly. in Australia. Yeah. So uh, so it's perfect timing. I think my third episode airs right before we leave for Australia. I mean, my, my not my third episode, the third episode airs right before I leave for Australia. Well, you certainly keep yourself busy. And, and you're right, you are coming to Australia for Supernova, uh, for Melbourne and the Gold Coast, mm-hmm. which is in April. What do you love about mm-hmm. doing conventions? Oh, it's so... It, I, I, I kind of have to calm myself down when I start talking about this. So forgive me if I sound a little like I'm camping myself down because I get really excited about conventions. Um, what I like the most about doing conventions is that it is finally a chance to connect one-on-one with the people who are either playing the games that I've done or, or um, you know, going to the theater, seeing the television. It's finally a chance to connect with them as people and to connect with them face-to-face. Because obviously when I'm doing a play, I don't get to meet the entire audience afterwards. Some people maybe yes, at the stage door. But uh, TV, I don't get necessarily get to connect with the audience. Voice recording, definitely not. But here at conventions, I get a chance to hear about you guys. I get a chance to hear people's stories and I get a chance to hear what excites them and what they're working on and what they're doing and maybe how something that they saw in a show or a game or whatever that I was a part of, something touched them. And that, to me, is, is invaluable. It's a kind of soul fuel that I, that I can't begin to describe. Um, it, it, gives me, it gives me a little more purpose, I think, because when I finally get to connect with people and hear how things affect them, it tells me I'm like, yes, keep doing it. Keep, keep putting that out there. Keep, keep putting out things that touch people and help people and make them laugh, and make them cry. Keep doing that because here, here are the people telling you their beautiful life stories in front of you. And it might just be, you know, 30 seconds. It might be five minutes, however long they choose to stay there. But there's like an actual in-person connection that is that you can't get as a performer without interacting with the community. Um, and I also love the panel for the same reason because, you know, it's pretty easy to find out certain things about either the game or the project or the whatever or the actor online. You can find out those certain things. But when we get to be there with the attendees at a convention, they can ask us anything. Um, I always say when I'm, when I'm doing solo panels, please use me. I'm here in front of you now. Um, you know, I'm not going to talk to you about my private life, but I will, I will answer your questions one-on-one here because we're sharing this space and time now. We finally get that chance. And, um, and then on top of that, I just love 
the immense creativity and enthusiasm that I have seen worldwide at conventions. People get to come there and be themselves. They get to come there and be other versions of themselves. They get to come there and, and be creative and generous and giving in this space that has been specifically created to celebrate creativity. That is, like, how could that not be an awesome place to be? I just love sitting in it. I, I love it. The, the hardest thing about conventions is I get so excited and so enthusiastic that I have a tendency to lose my voice by the end of them. And if that is the, if that is the only thing, that means I did it right. You know, that means this is, this is a great place to be. You know, it's like being at a, at a great club or a great sporting event. By the end of the night, you know you had a good time. That's your, how I your, feel about your conventions. Your enthusiasm is, is making me even more enthusiastic. I love it. I'm, 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 I'm excited. <laughs> your, your, your enthusiasm for conventions is contagious. It's going to be awesome, right? It's going to be super fun. And I get to see Melbourne. And I get to see the Gold Coast. And I'm traveling with one of my best friends, Carolina. We're going to make silly videos, I'm sure. Um, yeah, no, it's just, it's just an, an embarrassment of riches to come your way. It certainly is. Well, I've got to let you go, but it's been great talking to you today. And I look forward to seeing you at, uh, at Supernova next month. Me too. Like I said, make sure you say, I am the Benjamin. Um, I, will be, I will be prepared for that. Excellent. Well, I'll definitely do that. Thanks so much for your time today. And I'm looking forward to yeah, <laughs> it. Again, I'm really looking forward to it. I hope you enjoyed both of those interviews today. Thanks again to Supernova for setting those up. As you've probably heard a lot, I'm going to be there. These guys are going to be there as well. It's Melbourne and Gold Coast first up. And it's going to be really exciting. There's also uh, you know, John Barrowman, uh, Peter Capaldi, Elizabeth Henstridge from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., um, Tom Welling from Smallville. They've got a wealth of amazing guests, and you can get tickets right now. And tickets for uh, Sydney and Perth in June are also on sale. So um, you should definitely start looking into that. And thanks, as always, to our wonderful supporters, Palace Nova Cinemas and Mad Zombie Collectibles. We love those guys very much, and you can check out all those details on the supporters section of our website. And if you love uh, sci-fi and, and adventure, you should also check out The Phoenix Files, an original series of audio dramas starring BAFTA nominee and the Doctor himself, Paul McGann, and Wolf Creek star John Jarrett. It's also got some, uh, some great guests that we've had on this show in that as well. So Andrew Hansen from The Chaser, he's in it. And it's got um, Kurt Phelan uh, from Dirty Dancing, he's in it as well. It's got 40 amazing Australian actors, and as well as a couple from overseas. And you can get it right now. The Phoenix Files Man in the Shadows is available on phoenixfilesaudio.com, iTunes, Amazon, and Google Play. We've made it really easy for you to get that. So go out there, get, get yourself a copy. Let us know what you think. People who've heard it love it. It's got five stars on iTunes. I think you're going to love it too. So definitely check out The Phoenix Files A Man in the Shadows. It's an original uh, audio drama produced by, by Preacher's Podcast Online and On Stage based on a hit Australian series of novels. Uh, parts two and three, so the rest of the trilogy, are coming out later this year. And it stars BAFTA nominee Paul McGann and John Jarrett. You'll love it. I, I, love, I loved making it. I hope you guys love listening to it. Definitely check that out. Well, I've been your host, Benjamin Mayer McKay. We've got so many more exciting interviews that are already recorded. And I'm looking forward to sharing those with you later this year. And, of course, they will be back later in this month. I've been your host, Benjamin Mayer McKay. Bye for now. Bye for now.